Hey everyone, this is Stephen Farmer and welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. Today's episode is titled The Waiting Room. And and before I jump into what I have to say today, I just want to thank each and every person who has tuned in each and every week um, and have listened to the episodes. I hope that you've gotten something out of it. I hope that it's inspired you in, in some type of way and encouraged you to live a life more and more for Jesus. If this is your first time listening, um, thank you. Um, I truly appreciate um, each and every person that listens. I appreciate the shares. I appreciate the comments, the reviews, each and everything, whatever you can do to help promote the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And most importantly, I agree. I, I appreciate the listen, you know, and the downloads. And so with that said, uh, today's topic is the waiting room. You know, each and every one of us have been in, maybe are in, or will be in multiple waiting rooms in our life, you know, and waiting rooms are different for each and every person. They're different. They fit a certain scenario, a circumstance. Um, And so today I kind of want to highlight, you know, the waiting room. What do you do when you're waiting? You know, uh, what's what's the typical thought process in that? And, and how do you navigate waiting, especially waiting on God to move in your life? Maybe wait on him to get you out of a season that you might be in, waiting for him to maybe meet the needs that you have, maybe wait for the career that he has for you. Maybe you're waiting on a child. Maybe you're waiting on a, a future spouse, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you got a bad report. Maybe you're waiting on a doctor's report and you're you're wondering You know, there's so many waiting rooms that we face, you know, and, uh, you know, this is probably my most vulnerable episode I've made um, that I'm, I should say, making because I'm in the process of recording. (laughs) But, you know, when it comes to the waiting room, you know, I'm no pro at waiting, but I know a lot about waiting. And the reason I say that is, you know, um, in October, October 20th, I will turn 27. Um, and so I'm stepping into, I'm venturing into my late twenties, which scares me like crazy, um, to know that I'm getting closer and closer to 30 and, uh, you know, it's just kind of scary, but you know, when it comes to that, um, I'm in my late twenties, I'm, I'm about to be 27. Um, and I am, not married. You know, I, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not on here to promote and be like, yo, I'm single. Um, that's not what I'm doing, but, um, I'm in a place right now where, um, I'm going to God and I'm asking him to, to show me who my wife is, you know, who it is that I'm supposed to marry, you know, to lead me in that direction and, and to ordain my steps and, and, you know, prepare me for them, you know? And, and so with that said, you know, it gets very, very discouraging, you know, as the years go by when God hasn't done that yet. He hasn't answered that prayer. You know, I first started praying that prayer when I was probably 17 years old, um, I'd say. So when I turned 27, we're talking 10 years ago almost, you know, that I began to start praying. And, and I was praying even before then, really. And my dad has prayed that over me, and my mom, you know, and my family. But for me, I started really thinking about relationships and, and dating. You know, when I turned about 17, I, I had realized, okay, I'm an upperclassman now in high school. I'm, you know, 
I never, I'm the oldest in my family, so I never in a million years imagined, you know, going to mom and dad and asking them to date somebody at 15, 16, you know, junior high. No no way. Like, there's just no way. My parents would have never allowed that. Now, Micah, he's the second oldest. Um, they were a lot more lenient with him than they were with me on all areas of life. Um, and so they, and, and not in a bad way, um, they just realized, okay, we're a little, we're a little strict on, on, on Steven. Let, we can kind of shed back a little bit, you know? And so I remember Micah first started dating his freshman year. I was too nervous to even think about asking a girl out my freshman year. I was like, uh, I mean, they're pretty, but I'm not mature enough for that. You know, I, I can't drive. Where am I bringing them? You know, hey, mom, can you bring us to uh, Subway? You know, <laughs> give me a break. You know, I had no money. You know, I'd be using my parents' money. No way. I was like, nah, I'm just, I'll, I'll pass. You know, but by my junior year, 17 years old, I started thinking, hey, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind dating somebody, you know, and, and so, since then, you know, I've I've had my crushes. I've I've pursued a few people down the road and but all of them inevitably ended up the same way and it was always Stephen, you're a great guy, but you know, and I'm I, again, I'm not this isn't a pity thing like and, and to make them out to be bad, you know, or something by any means. I have no bad blood with anybody that I've ever pursued. Um God has done great things in many of their lives. Some of them are married, um, but all of them are serving Jesus, um, and God is using them in many ways. But, but you know, it's always the Stephen, you're a great guy, but you know, and then they give their reasoning, you know. And so, for me, at those times in my life, I handled those situations extremely immature. Back when I was seventeen, eighteen years old, nineteen. Um, you know, and I look back, I mean, I made videos and then I made posts and it was just like, uh, when I look at it, I like almost gag. I, I think I have gagged. Um, but you know, I was just immature and, and, and growing up and, and I laugh at it now. Um, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they were like, Oh my God, I want to kill this kid, you know, get over yourself, you know? And so, uh, but you know, nowadays I'm waiting on who God has for me. And so that waiting game, that waiting room that I'm sitting in even now as we speak, there are days when I'm fine. I don't even think about it. It's really not a big problem. There's no sweat. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I got to get married right now. But then there's those days, those weeks, those months where I get in a funk, I call it, where I'm going, okay, God, you know, I'm going to be 27 in two months and I'm still not even in a relationship. Okay. Um, and I'm to the point now where I'm getting, I see on Instagram and Facebook, you know, it's not posts of people getting engaged anymore. That, that was, that was rough in itself, you know, Oh, such and such got engaged. Yay. And wow, I'm not engaged and I don't have any, you know, but now it's, it's even further along We're we passed the engagement dog. We, we passed the wedding day. We passed the I do's and so we own the, we own the baby reveals and we're not just on the first baby reveal. We own the second baby reveal, you know? And so I'm going, Oh snap. Like, I got to catch up, bro. You know, and uh, I start going, okay, God, like, okay, they, they post in the second baby picture, you know, little, little Timmy's coming now, you know, they already had Billy, now Timmy's coming and I, I what, what's going on, Lord, you know, uh, it, it, do you see me? Um, uh, did you forget me? You know, and so uh, it's interesting, you know, when I'm, I'm praying with God, I have my days when you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. And then there's days when I'm going to God. And I mean, just yesterday, I'll be honest with you, you know, 
I was praying to God and it's better to be honest with God than to try to mask that everything's fine because God knows your intentions. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. You know, I read the verse. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, the the, the reference, to, but I know that it says, you know, don't babble on like the pagans do. You know, don't pray with rep, rep, uh, rep, repetitious words, that word, my goodness, repetitious words, you know, but um. Because God knows your heart, you know? And so for me, <laughs> when I'm praying, I, I can sometimes mask that everything's fine. And I'll tell myself that I'm fine and that I'm good and, and there's no problem. I'll tell people I'm fine, that I'm good and, and I'm not really worried about that. But the whole time I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm wondering, okay, you know, am I going to be 30 when I meet her? Am I going to be 35 you know, um, is everybody in my life that I'm close to going to be married with kids by the time I finally find someone to even date? You know, those thoughts go through my head, you know, and uh, it can be extremely discouraging. But I have to remind myself, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven through eight, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks ask receives everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be opened now i've quoted that scripture for years y'all i quote it all the time i i remind god lord keep on asking you receive keep on seeking you will find keep on knocking the door will be open to you for those who ask will receive those who seek will find those who knock the door will be open i repeat it over and over again and I remind myself, you know, the Bible says in, in, in Matthew as well, to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and he will give you the desires of your heart, you know? Um, the Bible also says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I like that, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The whole time I'm anxious and I'm worried, the Bible strictly says not to be. The Bible tells us to pray about everything. With thanksgiving, in every situation, go to it with prayer. If you're fighting anxiousness, if you're fighting anxiety, the best way to do it is through prayer. You, you battle your anxiety, you battle your anxious thoughts through prayer. You pray through and you praise through. When I'm speaking this to you, I'm speaking it to myself. Yesterday, I was talking to God and I said, Lord, I feel as if I ask and I don't receive. I seek and I never find. I knock and the door isn't opened. I feel like I'm not even knocking on a door. I can't even find the door. Am I knocking on the door? Because I feel like I'm knocking on bricks. And I remember I said that. And immediately, I felt convicted. What are you doing? Why are you praying like that? Why are you talking to God like that? But I was being honest. This is how I feel. And immediately, I put some worship music on. And I went and prayed. And I just worshiped God. I didn't even want to pray about anything anymore. I just wanted to worship God. Thank God. Praise God. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my best friends that I happen to live with that build me up, that love you, God. Thank you for their their relationships, their girlfriends. Thank you for, for what they are and, 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 and that they demonstrate what it means to live a life for God, that they demonstrate that there are girls out there that truly do love Jesus. And that gives me hope. Thank you. You know, I there's so many 
blessings that God has given me. And just because I haven't found my wife doesn't mean that my life's in shambles and that I have nothing. I have to remind myself that, you know, but I'm also going to be honest with God and say, Lord, this is how I feel. You know, Nathaniel was under the fig tree. The Bible says that God saw him, (laughs) you know, that Jesus saw Nathaniel under the fig tree before Nathaniel even knew him. God saw him. I don't know what Nathaniel was thinking under the fig tree. The Bible just says that, that Jesus saw him under the fig tree. And because he saw him and he told Nathaniel, Nathaniel believed. It was like, okay, I'm following this dude, you know? God sees us. He sees us in everything that we're doing. He knows our every thought, our every motive. He knows our our desires. He wants us to seek him. He wants to bless us. But we have to trust him. We have to pray through it and we have to praise through it. You know, the Bible also says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary or be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that verse. That's something that I've quoted over myself since I was a little kid. There was a song. It was called They That Wait. And it said, They that wait on the Lord, He'll renew their strength. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. Except it was sung a lot better. But when I was a little kid, you know, I was like seven or eight, I would sing it like, They that wait on the Lord, He'll renew their strength. Running not good with me, walking not faint. And I had no idea what any of that meant because I was little. But that I didn't know that that phrase, that that little song would be my motto in my lifetime at 26 going on 27, that I have to remind myself that if I wait on the Lord, he's going to renew my strength. I'm going to run and not grow weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. I just got to wait. I got to pray through and I got to praise through. I got to trust God. I got to trust the process and I got to learn to enjoy the process because there is no such thing as a wasted season. The awaiting season isn't a wasted season. This is not my phrase. I'm not coining this. This isn't mine. This is something I've heard through many pastors, Rich Wilkerson, Stephen Furtick, Chad Veach, Craig Rochelle. You know, they all say it. A waiting season is never a wasted season. And I believe that wholeheartedly. There's no such thing as a waste of time with God. Everything that you're going through in life is for a reason. God is preparing you for whatever it is that you're waiting on. You might say, Stephen, I'm not waiting on a spouse. I I don't even worry about that. I think you're overreacting on all that. You need to get over yourself. Well, you know what? You're right. I do. (laughs) You know, but some of you are waiting, you know, there's so many different stages of waiting. When, when you're a kid, you're, you're, the things you wait for is, you know, Christmas Day, what Santa brought me, you know, the brand new gaming console or the brand new thing that you're looking for under the, you know, your presence, you know. But as you get older, it changes. You know, you get to junior high, high school, it's more relationships. It's more of what has God called me to do with my life. You get to college or you get out of school, out of high school, and you go straight into work. Am I in the right place? Am I doing the right job? Is this the right career? You know, you start thinking about marriage. You start thinking, who am I supposed to marry? And you're waiting on God to reveal that to you. Some of you are in marriages and and uh, you're, you're trying to have a kid, but you can't. You know, you've done everything you know to do, and yet you can't get pregnant. And then people come up and they ask the question, it's been a couple years into your marriage and you haven't had a child yet. And people are saying, hey, you know, are are y'all planning to have kids? And and they're asking you if you're going to have children. And they're innocent in their asking, but they have no idea that that simple question, an innocent question at that, 
completely sets off a fire on the inside of you, a burning, like, I mean, just rage because you're so bitter and you don't even, they don't know it, but it sets off this thing and, and it, you get lit up at God. Lord, see, they're expecting, I, I, I want I want a child. I want to be able to have a kid. Why can't I? Why is it taking so long for us to get pregnant? Is there something wrong with us? Is, have we sinned? Have we done something wrong? When in actuality, it's just not God's timing yet. I encourage you, if that's you, to trust God. Hannah cried out to God at the temple. I mean, she was crying out to God so much so that Eli walked out and thought she was like drunk. He thought something was wrong with her. She was crying out to God for a son. And she cried out and said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will dedicate him to the Lord. I will allow him to serve you all the days of his life, you know. And sure enough, Eli walked out and saw Hannah in her despair, in her moment of weakness and just praying and crying out. And and he said, you, you know, you're going to have a child, you know, you're, th- this is going to happen. It's going to be given to you. And sure enough, Hannah goes back home and a couple of weeks go by and she becomes pregnant. And it's so cool because she ends up having Samuel who grows up to be this huge, significant prophet. But there was a process. Hannah just didn't know it. And it caused her to get down on her knees and cry out to God. When you get so low, all you have left to do is look up. That's so cliche. It's so like, duh. But it's the truth. Sometimes we get brought to the lowest of low so that all we can do is look up and trust God and say, Lord, I need you. I can't do it on my own. There's nothing I can do to change my situation where I'm at. I need you. Will you get me out of this situation? And I promise you, God will, if you trust him and lean on him, if you continue to ask, if you continue to seek, if you continue to knock, because those who ask will receive, those who seek will find, those who knock, the door will be opened. The Bible says so. And so with that said, that gives you the the trust, that gives you the confidence to trust in God. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11, 1. I encourage you to pray through your circumstances and praise through your circumstances. Some of you, you might be, your marriage might be on the rocks and you're praying that God's going to step in and intervene and, and fix this thing. Trust God, you know, trust the process, pray through and praise through. Some of you are in your, your elder years and, and, you know, you're having to worry about your health and you went to the doctor and maybe you got a bad report and you're waiting on God to heal your body. Maybe you know a loved one. Maybe there's a child that you know that's, that's been diagnosed with cancer or, or is in a bad situation and their life is at stake here and you're, you're praying for a miracle. It's scary. Pray through and praise through. You're waiting on God. I, I know that it can be scary, that it can be daunting. And and all I can say is, is I might not know the situation you're in. I might not be able to identify it personally, but I can say, say this, that God does care about you. The Bible says to cast your anxieties onto God because he cares. It says don't be anxious about anything. Right. But in every situation, through prayer and petition, make your request known to God. Right. And he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Right. That alone gives you confidence to trust God. You know, right now, and I'm going to end in this this podcast episode right now. My family's been through some crazy things, Um, you know, in my life. You know, uh, this past week, my grandfather uh, on my mom's side, um, 
he was uh, he, he was going through some some me- memory loss, and he was he went to like the doctor's appointment with uh, my grandmother, and they it was raining real bad one day, and and uh, he got nervous. It was like the rain where you can't see anything when you're trying to drive, and he started panicking. Um, and uh, I hate driving in the rain, by the way. Um, I've had many instances where I thought I need to just pull over on the side of the road. I end up not, but but it's those scary moments, and that was one of them for him. And and he panicked, and he started freaking out, and he lost his train of thought. He didn't know where he was, and he was just spurring out all kind of stuff and freaking out. And uh, and so by the time they got home, you know, he went to the doctor. We thought he might have had a, a stroke, you know, a small stroke. And they went to the doctor. Said he's kind of dealing with some short-term memory loss. And um, but then he went to the doctor again. They ran some tests and stuff, and come to find out that um, it wasn't short-term memory loss that he was dealing with. He was dealing with the fact that he had a large mass on his right side of his brain and two spots on the left side, um, and that he had cancer all within his body. And uh, you know, the report wasn't good. It was a report that was more so. You need to cherish every moment with him, and he needs to cherish every moment that he has. And, you know, it was scary, you know, when we were told that, and and it was kind of like out of the blue, and they told us that it's been there for a long time. It's just all of a sudden come up. It ramped up. Something sparked it and made it set into place and and, and ramp up, and it was pressing on his brain, and it's what's causing the memory loss. It's what's. I mean, my grandfather literally can't write a check. He don't even, and that's all he does. When he gets bills, he's the type that gets the bill and pays it immediately, and he writes the check, and he'll bring it to the place. He's gonna mail it. He does nothing online. He's that kind of guy, you know. And so for him to say he don't know how to write a check, that's crazy, you know. He grabs a remote. He, he don't know what the power button is. He don't know how to turn the remote, like the TV on. You know, that's crazy. You know, uh, he's cutting grass and his vision was getting cut off. His right side peripheral vision on his right eye, he almost has none. Um, and so all that was from the mass that's on his brain, you know. And so, you know, right now we're, we're, we're believing for a miracle, you know. Uh, we don't know how long. You know, he could live. He's even said it himself. He said, you know, if the Lord takes me, the Lord takes me. And, and uh, he said, I've lived a good life. Um, and I'm believing for a miracle. We're in a waiting room right now. You know, I might have my little petty waiting room that I'm waiting on who God has for me. And that's, that's one thing, but honestly, it's not the end of the world. You know, I know God will send me a wife down the road, but this, this waiting room that I've stepped into with my whole family is a little more scary because it's okay, God, what's going to happen? You know? How much longer do we have to be with my grandfather? You know, I want to enjoy being with him. You know, they, they were going to do surgery, but they said if they did surgery to try to remove the, the mass and, and, and try to remove the cancer in his body, it would probably end up doing more more bad than good, you know? And, and do you want him to be in pain the last few years of his life or do you want him to to, to be at least feeling good, and, you know, and enjoy his life these last few years? And, you know, I'm believing for a miracle. I know God uh, has the power to heal and and. and that same power that he has is in each and every one of us if we are Christians. Um, he told his disciples that he would give the same power to to do those miracles and, and do even greater things after him. And so I'm believing for a miracle. I know God can heal him, but I'm not going to be naive and 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 dumb to the fact that, that he is blessed right now and that I'm blessed to be with him and I'm going to cherish every moment with him, you know, but we're in a waiting room. And maybe you're in a waiting room right now too. Today, I, I want to encourage you 
to trust God, trust the process, and and ask God to help you enjoy the process because that's what I'm doing. Pray through and praise through. Praise God in every situation, no matter if it's good or bad. Praise Him in it. Trust Him. Pray to Him in it. And, And remember not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray. You know, shoot a prayer to God. Ask God through prayer and petition. Seek him and he will, he will you submit your request to him and he will answer it, right? He's going to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. So I encourage you, you know, to trust God in the process and allow him to take matters into his hands because it ultimately is up to him. And, and I, I, I just encourage you to continue to submit to him and, uh, to trust the process. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed what I had to say. I'll see you next week on the Reality Check Podcast.